Just a little verse to start off in uh, Psalm 59, if we can just go there for a minute. And it just says here in verse, uh, verse 16, But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud for of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defence and refuge in the day of my trouble. Which is particularly that first five words. But I will sing of thy power. We, we do sing, and it's funny, we sang that chorus today, you know, great and mighty is the Lord our God, great and mighty is he. And I do think sometimes in the Lord, particularly when we've been in the Lord a long time, we can somehow become a little bit used to things. We can become a bit used to the power of God and uh, maybe take it a bit for granted. And I think today I'd like to, like to remind us about just how wonderful that power is, what a incredible access we have to it. You know, the Bible says scriptures like, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And that was a power that brought Jesus out of the grave into eternity. And that same power is going to transform us one day into being co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at that. Let's just go to Exodus 32, verse 11. And this is, of course, the story of, uh, it says here, and Moses brought the Lord his, uh, uh, besought, sorry, and Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. And of course, they, you know, those was part of their times in the wilderness and they're whinging and carrying on like a couple of pork chops. And, um, you, know, you know, Moses is sort of a bit frustrated with his people and, and he said, Lord, you, you know, you've done this amazing work. And of course, we, we go back to the children of Israel, how God brought them out of Egypt. He, he, he caused all those amazing signs to happen you know, the, the, the rivers of blood and the plagues of lice and the plague of darkness where you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. And then, of course, the death of the firstborn, just horrific event that happened. And then how they, they gave uh, them all their spoil to get rid of them. They thought because the Lord was going to kill the whole nation. And they hunted them out and then Pharaoh changed his mind and chased after the children of Israel, about four million of them. And they went through the Red Sea. And then, of course, uh, uh, you know, the Lord made a dry land, just an amazing miracle. And they came in, you know, and, and then the Egyptian followed them and the, and the, and the sea closed in on them and, and buried them. And, of course, all symbolic, all types and analogies for you and I that when we come to the Lord, just the miracles. I, I can think back when I came to the Lord, you know. Here I am in Canberra in the public service, you know, drinking lots of beer and uh, listening to Bob Dylan and uh, discussing politics and, uh, you know, to all hours of the night and religion, you know, part of a young group of blokes, 22 years old, you know, solving the world's problems. You know, and then one of these mates that I used to do all this with, he came along to the Canberra Revival Fellowship and he told me about it and he was a really good drinking mate. So I went along to rescue him. We were, he was a Catholic, I was a Catholic, brought up a Catholic. Pretty hypocritical ones. I used to go over Sunday to keep mum happy. And I said I'd come to the meeting on Sunday with my mate. Tomo was his name. I had been playing a bit of first grade rugby league, but it was afternoon. And they had afternoon meetings then, and I, I'd hurt my ankle, and I was in reserve grade or third grade or something coming back. I knew the meeting was at three o'clock, so I only had a couple of beers. I only had a couple of cans. I thought, oh, I better be sober. I better behave myself. So I went to the meeting, and to tell you the truth, I was bored off my scone. I heard the chorus and I thought, oh, goodness me, look at this. You know, 
You know, they were singing these choruses and I, just, I, couldn't, I could hardly wait to get back to the club. And then uh, we had some testimonies like you heard today. I thought it was all right. And, and then Pastor Johnny gave the talk. And again, he was pretty pretty long long talk with John. And I thought, oh, mate, when's, he gonna get, when's this going to end? But then they decided to have communion. And if you're new here today, you'll see that little bit of grape juice and biscuit is handed around. And I heard people speak in tongues. I heard the power of God for the first time in my life. And I was absolutely stunned, absolutely floored. I knew in one instant that God was present in that room. Before then, it was just a theory. Before then, it was just Salvation Army, Catholic, Protestant, doesn't matter, just an argument. This was the power of God. Came back that night to the second meeting. I was down the front, listening to every word, taking every bit in. Got baptised. Again, probably pretty proud, just glad no one from the footy club was there. Nothing happened. But later on, we got down for prayer and, and Pastor John, he came over and he laid hands on me and I started to speak in tongues. And from that day on, the Bible just opened up to me. I traded in my paper Bible. I bought one of these lovely Oxford wide margin Bibles, cost me a hundred bucks instead of five bucks. And I read it every night. And I saw so many things in there that I could see that the Catholic Church and the Protestant churches were doing contrary to what the Word of God said. It was an amazing revelation. The Word of God became such a wonderful thing. You know, it's this power of God. And so like those people, you know, it was just circumstances that I came out of Egypt. You know, God orchestrated events. I remember I brought Chris Allen, who's a pastor in Canberra now, the next week. He came to rescue me. He was a good Catholic mate too. And of course, he got involved. But all those events, the Lord guided things. It was like those plagues of Egypt. Lord just worked so many signs and wonders. We went through the wars of baptism. We received the Holy Spirit. We received the power of God. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. You know, God worked amazing miracles to, to, to bring us. And with every one of you here today, you're not here by chance. You're here because God's called you. God has called you to experience his power and the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. And you've got to realise that every day, every second of the day, that power is at your disposal. You have the power of God in your life. Deuteronomy chapter 10, similar little verse. And it says here in verse 17, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty God, and terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. So it doesn't matter what nationality you are, male or female, doesn't matter. You can't buy it. You can't buy your way into heaven. God is just looking for a humble heart. He's looking for someone to repent and to be baptised and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in John 3, unless you are born again, born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter his kingdom. That's what God has called us to. And as part of that walk with God, we are people of power. We are people that can expect wonderful things in our life, even when you've been in the Lord many, many years. Ephesians 1, let's go there for a minute. This is a fridge scripture. You can cut this one out. You can colour it in in texture. You can put it on the fridge. Ephesians 1, verse 19. 
and what, written to spirit-filled people, to you and I today, 20th, 1st century, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us ward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That's your verse. Don't think you're not good enough. Don't think you can't do it. With God, all things are possible. According to the exceeding greatness of his power, to us who do believe, according to the working of his mighty power. That is a wonderful scripture. We read in 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go there for a minute. We read about the, the fruits of the Spirit. When you come to the Lord, the love and the joy and the peace and the long-suffering and the gentleness, wonderful attributes, attributes that will cause more people to come. But there's also gifts of the Spirit. It's like a package that is unwrapped once you are filled with the Holy Spirit. These amazing gifts. Here it says uh, in verse 7, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, uh, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. I just want to talk about two of those gifts today because they tie in with the power of God. I want to talk about healing and miracles. They're gifts that are in every one of us. They're gifts that are in you when your child is sick. They're gifts that are in you when you see somebody in trouble at work. They're gifts that are given to you. They're not just given to the pastor or to the elders. They're given to each and every one of you. All of them are in all of you. You have the capacity to do mighty things in the Lord. Don't sell yourself short. You know, just a couple of examples. I've got the example down here of, of, of Brother Otto. Otto and Mary Ann, they're long-term members of the Goulburn Fellowship. They're now in, uh, in Perth. And a few years ago... Um, I'd got quite sick. I'd had a breakdown, and uh, you know, uh, you might wonder why that happens when you know when you're talking very positive about the things of the, of the Lord. But things do happen. I got very sick, and and uh, you know, I was slowly recovering. And Otto was in Goulburn. I was back in Goulburn. Otto was bitten by a tiger snake. And tiger snakes in the Goulburn area are very deadly. They, you know, you're lucky to survive a tiger snake bite. Otto was bitten by this tiger snake. He used to pick the snakes up, which was pretty dumb. But, he, but, you know, he tried to fish it out of a log and it bit him. And anyway, he went into intensive care and they could only find three vials of antivenine and you need about 12. So the doctors had told Mary and his wife that it looked like he was going to die. He was going to die the next day, they said. You know, he would just get worse and, and he would die. Um, and there was nothing they could do. Uh, and it was a very bad bite. Anyway, we heard about this and Barbara said to me, oh, we better go up to the hospital and pray for Otto. Now, that's the last thing I felt like doing. You know, I was sort of recovering and I just didn't, didn't want to go there. I just didn't, wasn't up to it, didn't feel up to it. But I knew Barbara was right and I said, all right, let's go. We went into the hospital, we went into intensive care and we prayed for him. We prayed for Otto. And Otto said, as soon as we prayed, he knew he was healed. Knew he was healed instantly. Knew it was gone. He knew he was okay. And he recovered miraculously from that day on. He sent me a text the other day in Perth. He was with some professor guy in this seminar he was at who was also bitten by a tiger snake. And he needed those 12 vials to recover. 
And Otto's bite was apparently far, far worse. You know, so sometimes, I'm just making the point that sometimes we mightn't feel like we're, we're, we're in the zone. We mightn't feel like we're being very spiritual. But God on his faith. Sometimes we've got to step out of faith, step out of that comfort zone, and God will answer. Because you have the power in you that raised Christ from the dead, that brought Lazarus out of the grave. I think of my old, my old man, my old man, his name was Sam. He's dead now, you know, but he came to the Lord. Dad was an alcoholic. And Dad used to come down, talking about miracles of healing here. And we'd, I'd taken him to a few meetings and, you know, it would sort of upset him so much, you know, and, tr- and sort of convict him so much that he'd go to the pub and get drunk. You know, that was his sort of way of coping with it. But what we didn't know, my brothers and I, was that he was living in the Blue Mountains. He used to travel down to Maryland. He used to come down and just sit in the back of the meeting. He did this for five weeks. And then Bob Corwell, who was the pastor back then, he said, oh, anyone want to get baptised? And Dad decided to go and get baptised. None of us knew this. He eventually received the Holy Spirit. But Dad was never strong. He used to battle drinking and you know, he was never strong. He'd come to meet. He loved the Lord. He would talk to people about the Lord, but he always battled his alcohol. Anyway, he had a lot of trouble with angina and he was facing a, a, a multiple bypass operation. He came down to the uh, Christmas camp that we had at Ulladulla, midnight, New Year's Eve. He says to Mark and I, Pastor Mark is in Newcastle, said to Mark and I, he said, oh, I'm not feeling real good. God, this is really bad, angina. And Mark and I said, well, he said, Sam, how? we used to call him Sam. How about, Sam, we have some prayer for you? And I asked the Lord to hear you. I said, oh, oh, you're all right. I'm not too proud. Typical dad. We prayed for him, Mark and I. The angina pain left him straight away. Straight away, left him. But the thing is, he went back to the specialist, the heart specialist, and he examined him. He said, Mr. Hall, he said, I can't believe this, he said. The arteries have formed a natural bypass around your blockage. He said, you don't need an operation. He said, that's just remarkable. That's the power of God, folks. That's the power of God in our fellowship. Healing is the children's bread. It's your portion, folks. Don't give up on it. You know, it's hard to understand sometimes. Like Pastor Craig was saying the other day, when him and his wife Sam came to the Lord, you know, she'd had, she'd had some operations and she had terrible trouble, terrible pains um, from this operation at various times. She'd wake up in agony. And one night they'd come to the Lord and he laid his hands on her and the pain just left and have never come back. And she had it for years. And yet she's had this other problem with tinnitus in her ears and that hasn't been healed. As I said, you know, they keep praying about it. You, you just can't work it out. Don't try and work it out. All I know is that God heals today. Don't try and reason with it. You know, I can remember one lady in Goldman, she, she just came out in the prayer line about her asthma. She'd had bad asthma for much of her life. Just a simple prayer in the prayer line. I didn't feel anything different or, you know, she went back to a seat. Three or four months later, she came up to me and said, you know, Gary, since we've had that time of prayer, never had any asthma again. Healing, it's a gift that God has given us. Miracles. <laughs> Miracles are just... They should be part and parcel of your walk. You know, we sing that chorus, expect a miracle every day. Expect a miracle when you pray. And I'm talking about a bit bigger stuff than the Lord finding you a car park in the supermarket, you know? God wants to work miracles in your life. And God will work miracles in your life. Expect it. Believe for it. I've got this example of, of um, 
you know, the Lord worked that miracle of the loaves and fishes and, and when, the, um, and when the, uh, the disciples needed some money to pay Caesar, Jesus said, I'll just go down to the, the lake and, or the, the Sea of Galilee and the first fish you see is going to have a coin in its mouth. So sure enough, they throw the, the line out and the fish comes up and there's a gold coin and they go and pay Caesar his taxes. Not a bad way to pay your bills, is it? Absolutely miraculous. A gift of miracles. And, and the way the Lord did the loaves and fishes and just amazing things there. We've got a, girl, a lady in our fellowship, Margaret Parrish. She came to the Lord back when I was pastoring there years ago. And um, she came to the Lord and, and she'd been baptised and received the Holy Spirit and she was working on a husband to come along and her and kids and they decided to go down the south coast for a fishing holiday. The husband loved fishing, just loved it. School holidays. Two weeks, didn't catch anything, didn't catch a thing. Last morning, she said, oh, my husband's going out for a final fish. She said, she had a prayer time. She said, Lord, Lord, please, let, let him catch some fish. Keep him happy, you know. We've got to get him along here somehow and keep, keep the old man happy. He went out fishing, nothing. Didn't catch anything. And Mark was a good son. He said, oh, well, you know, the Lord must, have, must know otherwise, you know. Never mind, so. They jump in the car, decide to go home. They stop somewhere up the coast, south coast there, decide to have fish and chips. Had some fish and chips. Decided, let's just go for another walk. Lovely afternoon before we go back home to Goulburn. Let's just go for a walk along the beach. So they all go for a walk, this couple of families together. And they come around the sort of the, 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 the side of the beach there and it's low tide. And there's a sandbank formed across this low tide area and caught in the estuary are hundreds of huge fish flapping in the water. <laughs> the girls she was with, they had those old sort of big flowering dresses. They got the dress, put the fishes in the dress filled them up with fish, walked back to the car. <laughs> Hundreds of fish. Not a bad miracle, is it? Pretty good confirmation that the Lord answers prayer. God works miracles in our walk, in our fellowships. And he will work miracles for you. Little old you. You are so important in the Lord's eyes. You are a son and daughter of the living God. You are a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Don't sell yourself short. Your little problems are not problems to the Lord. Your big problems are not problems to the Lord. They can be solved. They can be answered. Sometimes you just got to trust. You've got to keep believing. You've got to keep resting. Acts 5. Let's look at a couple in the book of Acts, which, again, we can learn so much from. These are all different jail escapes. I love them. And they're all different. The Lord doesn't work the miracle, the same miracle, the same way every time. It's all different in the Lord. We can't put the Lord in a box. Verse 18, this is when uh, Peter and James, uh, Peter and John, they were, um, uh, verse 18 says, uh, and they laid their hands on the apostles because they were, you know, causing such a, a revival. And they put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them bought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Incredible. Somehow they just 
the Lord just got them through the, through the walls, out back into the marketplace. Amazing miracle. You might be in prison to some situation you've got, but the Lord can bring you out of that prison. We'll go on further. Next prison break. It's a beauty. It's different again. Acts 12. Let's go there. Now about verse 1, about the time King, uh, the, the King, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Sometimes things happen in the Lord. Sometimes people do die early in the Lord. Poor old James, his number was up. He was one of the apostles. They put him to death. You know, don't drop the bundle when something goes wrong, when someone does die or some sickness doesn't get healed or whatever. Sometimes things happen that we're just not sure why or how come. Just trust the Lord. He's the boss. He knows what's going on. He said he'll take you from A to B. He's going to take you over to the other side. You know, faithful as he has called you, who will do it? I know whom I have believed in, Paul says, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day, whenever that day is. So they killed poor old James, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, you know, the religious leaders, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And when he had apprehended him, he put him into the prison and he delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So it looked like Peter's days were numbered. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church under God for him. Brethren, pray for one another. Pray with all supplication in the spirit. Spend time in your closet praying for the brethren. That's our lesson there. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He'd been in there for quite a while. Wasn't like the previous miracle. He wasn't out straight away. He didn't go through the walls. Bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Maybe they'd heard about the previous escape. So they had him really locked, you know, locked up and guarded. But behold... The angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, and he raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out, and he followed him. And he, he, he wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. Open sesame. The big gate opens up. Amazing. And they went out and passed on through the street and forthwith the angel departed from him. Boy, that must have been some experience. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And I love this next bit of the story. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many people were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but she ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said, It is his angel. Actually, they probably should have said, Oh, what kept you, Peter? We've been praying for a while now. But of course, that's not the natural, is it? That's not the reaction you would have. But 
You know, sometimes we pray for things not expecting that the Lord's going to do it. When you pray, believe, the Bible says. Expect. And get up from that time of prayer and don't go around the worry mat time and time again. Just start resting in that prayer. Start believing it. Put on the kettle. Get the Tim Tams out. Relax. Enjoy your salvation and believe the Lord's going to give you a nice cup of tea and that healing or whatever it is. You don't have to be striving in the Lord, folks. We're saved by grace. We're healed by grace. But Peter continued knocking and when they had opened the door and they saw him, they were astonished. You know, an amazing miracle has taken place. Wonderful miracle. We can expect similar things in our walk. The next jailbreak, Acts 16. This is with Paul this time. Another great story. Again, different. What happens? Acts 16, verse 22. We'll pick it up. And the multitude rose up together against them. That's Paul and I think it was Barnabas. And the, and the magistrates rent off their clothes, or Paul and Silas, I think it was, uh, and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, which generally was about 40 stripes, it was a, a real cruel beating, you know, where they would tear strips off your back and just was just very, very painful. They cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely who having received such a, a charge, he thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So, you know, they couldn't move and they would be in agony. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. You know, I think it was me. They said, oh, gee, I wish someone would go down the chemist and get me something for these wounds on my back. But these guys, they're an example to us. Because they say here that they prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. You know, here they're beaten within an inch of their life and they're still praising the Lord. You might be beaten down by life's trials. We all go through them. I've been through them. You've been through them. We have trials and tribulations. They'll come. You know, just because you receive the Holy Spirit doesn't matter. You're just going to you know, have a, like a Disneyland life for the rest of your life. Like the world, you'll have sicknesses, you'll have trials, you'll have family issues. It happens to all of us. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have overcome the world. The Lord's overcome the world. And he can overcome your problems. And these guys, you know, they knew. They were, they, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the Lord. They were praising the Lord regardless. We're going to keep praising the Lord. And, um, you know, such good can come out of any trial and difficulty that you go through. What's that verse say? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So when the wheels do fall off your billy cart, you know, when things do go wrong, don't drop your bundle, don't lose your faith, don't blame God. Keep rejoicing, keep trusting. God's taking you through that situation. He's going to bring you through to the other side. He's going to bring the victory. And um, it says here, and uh, uh, when they prayed, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prisoner awakening out of sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. 
And he called for a light and he sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. They got to the chemist and they were baptised. He and all his straight away. You know, just an amazing miracle that God worked there. And so out of that trial and tribulation, great revival took place. So see every opportunity, you know, that you're, that you're in. If you do have to go to hospital for some, you know, there might be someone, and we've heard it before, you've gone and you've witnessed to the person in the bed next to you and they've come to the Lord. You know, when they wheel you into that nursing home at 95 and you've got no teeth and your hair's all fallen out and you only can eat mashed food, you can still keep talking to people about the Lord. You can still keep talking to say, I'll bring the pastor in and get you baptised in the tank out there in the, in, the, in, the, in the heated pool we've got here in the nursing home. Or we'll get you there somewhere. But you can keep witnessing. You keep on till the day you drop because we have something very special in our life. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the answer to life. Luke 18, verse 1. And Jesus spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man. So this bloke was a cranky old coot. He was a real old grump, grumpy old judge. He took nothing from no one. He just he wouldn't, you know, he was just typically arrogant, probably narcissistic personality, just couldn't care two hoots about anyone. But this widow, as it says here in verse 5, yet because this widow troubleth me, because she's nagging me and annoying me and probably interfering, interfering with my watching the Saturday afternoon football, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. I'll rule in a favour to get rid of her. And then the Lord says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge says. Verse 7, And will not God, who is not unjust, who is perfect, who is righteous, who is your best friend, who is your saviour. Shall not God, whose thoughts towards you are more than the sand by the seashore, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Ask and seek and knock and that door will be opened. That door to a miracle, that door to a blessing. Keep on keeping on. Keep praying about it. But don't pray all day and all night. Have a good time of prayer. Leave it with the Lord. Stop worrying. That's not faith if you're worrying. Trust the Lord. He's going to bring you through it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen.